June 18th, 2016. It's a lot from Pedro's show. Start off the show with John Coltrane doing Stairway to the Stars. That's not the Blue Oyster Cult version. That's a, an old standard that Milt Jackson on the Vibes of John Coltrane did. Her album called Bags and Train. Uh, a little bit of wind blowing, but you got the foam up. Skipper Jeff, what is the oldest memory you got of the Pride of Cucamonga? 
That would be finding her on yachtworld.com. <laughs> and it was she was all the way in San Diego uh, in 2002. I started shopping in like September, uh, I guess, 02. And uh, we looked at a lot of boats. My pops came down from Seattle and we looked for boats in Long Beach and Pedro. And uh, when, when you say to come down, we're talking Tacoma, right? Washington State, yeah, Olympia, Washington. But, uh, you know, he's, you know, I had a lapse of sailing experience. Because this is where you learned to sail was in Washington, in Washington State, yeah. So anyway, he came down as my surveyor and, uh, you know, to share what he knew about boats. And, and But we decided to go check this boat out in San Diego. It was a long ways, but... Uh, it's all the way that, at the bottom of uh, San Diego Harbor near Chula Vista, California Yacht Marina down there. You know, San Diego Harbor is like a dog leg, right? If you want to get out of the harbor, you go north, basically, and then you have to turn south to go get out of around Point Loma. So it took us three hours to get it out of the harbor, but she was in, the boat was in, uh, She I bought her. Tell the people what she is. She's a 1973 Ericsson 27. 27 footer yeah and uh yeah i bought her from a company called repo yacht sales as is no survey we went down and it looked pretty rough but uh you didn't have to get her home on a trailer no no my dad wouldn't i i did actually research looking into uh hiring a professional skipper i was a little nervous about bringing it up the 100 miles up the coast because yeah, it's but your pop sailed the last that's right <laughs> and I did a lot of sailing on extended skip. voyages. Yeah, my dad put it this way. He goes, remember how many times we sailed from Port, uh, from Seattle to Port Townsend? He goes, it's like the same distance, you know. So, uh, But the difference is it's open ocean versus in inside passages of Puget Sound. So, uh, which, which is scary. Well, <laughs> I mean, you want to... There were, there were events that, on that trip, let me tell you. Um, yeah, well, we bought the boat, and, you know, they said as is. They said it didn't make a difference if I did a survey. And the good news is, is the engine started up right away, and it was a little eight-horse Yanmar, one-cylinder. And so uh, a lot of times, uh, brokers won't let you start up the engine until you hire a surveyor. But it started up, and that was impressed me and Dad enough. I mean, none of the other boats that I looked at up here in San Pedro had a great little diesel like that. That's what you want. A diesel will give you range, you know. I mean, it sips fuel about a quart an hour, you know. So, I mean, right now it's only got a 12-gallon tank, and it's full, and that's good for a year, you know. So, But, uh, yeah, the... We left leisurely at leisurely time to come up to Pedro, and we knew we were going to stop along the way. It took us a total of 24 hours to get up here, but uh, we left at like 10 o'clock in the afternoon. It took us three hours to get out of San Diego Harbor, and then, uh, and then we were rounding Point Loma just when the afternoon winds were picking up, and, uh, and uh, we had the motor on, and uh, we couldn't sail into the wind, so... Uh, we were, I'm just like looking at the coast and we're just like pretty much holding our position, not going anywhere. And then at about that point, so that's, well, I guess it was four in the afternoon, dad goes down below and he sees water is at the top of the bilge. And I'm like, I'm like, so my heart sinks, you know. 
get that sinking feeling and and so uh, so I manned a, it didn't have a uh, didn't have an automatic pump at that time so I manned the manual and I was able to pump it out I got one of those for my kayak it goes both ways well there's it right behind where yeah. brother Matt's sitting there's an outlet there for a big handle it's called a whale gusher and it so I was able to pump it dry but then uh, you know we pretty much motored all the way up the coast we got into Dana Point at 4.30 in the morning, you know, past San Onofre and all of that. 15, 18 hours. It, it was pitch black. Yeah, it was like 17 hours the first day. <laughs> and we get, you know, there's an old sailing saying, never go into an unfamiliar harbor at night. Sure. <laughs> and we get in there, there's nobody awake, of course, and we're not sure where the heck we can tie up. But, you know, we had charts and everything, um, and we were able to figure out kind of where the guest dock is there's a bridge there we couldn't get under that you know but anyway we managed to get tied up and uh, once they had the engine off we noticed we weren't weren't uh, taking on water anymore so we figured out that it's water's only coming in when the engine's running so it was a big mystery but at least we we weren't sinking so we were beat so the next day we didn't leave until like one. We caught up on our sleep and went and licked our wounds and. and oh, this uh, is Dana Point. Dana Point, yeah. So then the next. Halfway. So, well, the next day we. Uh, yeah, we had a little fog to contend with and stuff, but we did a lot of our time at night uh, during the day versus the day before. We made better headway at night when the winds died down. And uh, yeah, and really, you know, to sail it, you've got to reach way out, go out like 50 miles and then zigzag up the coast. And, and I hadn't really checked out the rigging on the boat. I wasn't really ready to sail it and not comfortable sailing it at night. We, we just kind of hugged the coast about five, six miles out. But the next day, it took us nine hours to get to Pedro from Dana Point. But of course, we came in at night, no daylight savings time then. It was November. and. Uh, but we got this false alarm. We see all of these lights, and we go, that must be Long Beach. Yeah, that's got to be Long Beach. And we're looking at our charts and looking at the GPS. And I didn't know the GPS that well then. And uh, we're getting all excited. We're beat tired, and we just want to tie up. And then uh, all of a sudden, the lights get closer, and then we start passing the lights. It was the oil rigs. Yeah, right, right. which are like eight miles out from here, yeah, and we're like going, shit, we got a ways to go yeah. still, you know, and then, uh, and, yeah, my dad and I shared a few words, because we were kind of confused, you know, we, we, we knew our location, but we had, not, the visuals were fucking us up, we couldn't see, it was pitch black, and we, you know, of course you see all these lights on the shore. And I told my dad, I go, well, let's just get to the breakwater. We can follow it like a trail of breadcrumbs up the coast. Sure. And my dad flipped out. But at that time, he was 78 years old. He goes, oh, no, we don't want to go to the breakwater. It sounds terrible. <laughs> we don't want to hit the rocks. And I'm going. And so we got in this little shouting match. I'm like, Dad, really think I want to sink my new boat. And settled down, we found the breakwater, we did just what I said, and then we came into the old Flight Brothers, those docks were pitiful, I'd never seen them before, this is, all of that's been replaced, but uh, there's this old Sea Hag Valerie that ran the place, I think she might still work over there, 
but they had no hookups for 30 amp power outlets, you know, and half the fingers of the docks were sinking and all these electrical cords just dangling from two by fours. And dad was like, oh, it'll look better in the morning. And I was like, and the next day we made some phone calls. We walked up to Kennedy's. God bless Kennedy's. Right. Miss that place. Oh, it's the cl- in the closest what restaurant. What? Oh, really? Art Deco, yeah, it's a cool building. Yeah, that was, yeah. that's where you, the guy decided whether you get a, a CH at the end or a C. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, let's listen to some music and we'll continue your C story. <laughs>
Mike from Pedro Show here in, uh, we're in the main channel now, Los Angeles Harbor. Right, uh, Going, right, they got the Coast Guard compound behind us and a booer tendy, tender, tendy. We've got the pilot dock uh, being rebuilt. Warehouse One. Warehouse One. Too expensive to tear down in the Laymass Westways tank farm that's finally going to get slaughtered so the Out to Sea Marine Institute can get Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those things can jam, though, yeah. they want over the cat. Yeah. Uh, what we heard was uh, El Hospital. Uh, very be careful. I get to play with them tonight at El Cid, Silver Lake. Second man. Great band. Uh, Colombian cats. Uh, we do a style called Vallenata. Uh, we're on at 1030. Cool, because I go to Dodger game. Maybe we can cruise after. You ain't far from there. Chavez Ravine. The, 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 I just saw a chic over there. There's one swimming between our crafts. Yeah, they dig that. So the Pelicans. Then we heard a modern-day virgin sacrifice, brand new from Alice Bag, her solo record. Name the band, brand new. Taking the Cure Master. They're from uh, Brazil. But they've been uh, in SoCal a little bit. From France, Paper Teague. Papier Teague, or Paper Tiger, we'd say, with a brand new album and a song, and there were some lonely hands. Then Boris from a Ninja Slayer compilation uh, version. I wrote that stupid. Ninja, Ninja Slayer from compilation version. What a fucking idiot. Kill, uh, Kill Mister, which is, uh, of course, Lem Lemmy's last name. Much respect. A Halo of Sorrow by Melt Banana from the same thing, and uh, also Electric Eel Shock with uh, Ninja Slayer. Kind of like the title song, huh? Brand new Tobacco, Hong. Uh, new uh, from Miss Melvis. She's got projects now called du Duo Decibel System Invisible. Lemon Kittens up in arms. That's from my old collection I found. Late 70s. Uh, Hell Beans. No, no. First Mr. Susan with... Uh, Subliminal Cow Part 3, then Hell Beans with uh, You Can Live with the Leopard, but not with the Spots. And finally, Disciplina Kichma with Ujivaj. Koya, jamming on the bass. Now back to Skipper Jeff and this story of Pride of Cucamonga, how he got it finally up to Pedro. Yeah. So, uh, oh, back to, uh, yeah, we asked him, is there any place to eat around here? What's the closest place? And it was a little bit of a hike from Flight Brothers, but it was the old Canetti's and the uh, Italian place that served uh, old school breakfast. My dad loved it. Old school. Joe Canetti worked yeah. there. Yeah. He was up and was, his kids made him finally quit. Yeah, Joe would. Uh, it was interesting to watch him because they were like. There were customs guys that worked there, or that, that ate there, Coast Guard, fishermen. But Joe would show them the fish fillets. He'd come out and says, it, before he fries them up, and he said, you know, is this good? And, and there was this a table that was always these all Italian yeah, guys yeah. talking. Yeah, yeah. So, but uh, we were kind of, we weren't happy with the Flight Brothers slips. Actually, it was Cabrillo Wade Marina, which still exists, but it's all modern now. But I, I was looking at the, they had a magazine rack, rack there, everything nautical, you know, and there was a magazine just called Slips, you know, Slips are where you moor your boat. And, and we got in there and we, we see this beautiful ad for Cabrillo Marina, 
just across the way from where we're at. We looked over there and I didn't think I could afford it, but it was only $20 more a month. No brainer. <laughs> Called them up and and uh, one of my favorite people there, Veronica, answered the phone. It was a Sunday. Yeah, come on over. We can take you today. You can stay. Tell you how to really say it. <laughs> how to really say it, Watt, is Cabrillo. But if you're local in Pedro, you get shit for not saying Cabrillo. This trawler ain't from here. People, what, seen that what they're looking at is a commercial fishing boat, like a deadliest catch type boat. What's it say? Stellar. No, Alaska? You know? It's Yeah. No. Told you it's not from here. Yeah. I, you know, our old fleet's only like 20 boats, though. I know every boat. I know every boat. Really? Yeah. And you know that one's not local. <laughs> no way. one thing, we ain't got one that big. Yeah. She's a big daddy. Yeah. And look at her all like, not painted well, up like that. She's sparing sea boat. Here's what I suspect is going on with this El Nino. Even though we didn't get the rain from it, we got the warm water. So everything, they're catching big tuna at Catalina now, and the Dorados are running now. All these warm water fish are back out here. So No, I, I know there was El Nino. Even though we didn't get the rain, we right. had rough surf. Yeah, yeah. There was yeah. action going on. It, it stayed north. Yeah. Because they got all kinds of rain up with your problem. So you get her into Marina, Cabrillo uh, Marina. Yeah. And then you got to start working on it. What'd you have to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the first thing we wanted to do was find, find out why engine. the water's coming in when the engine was running. So, uh, so I get a slip over there at Cabrillo, and then I asked the, the guy that was living aboard his boat next to me. I go, so what do you do? He goes, I work on boats. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> you know. So I had a laundry list of stuff for him to work on, but uh, yeah, that was his first project. But uh, yeah, um, it took him a, quite a while to find out what it was. But what it was is there's a thing called a water lift muffler, and uh, that's where the uh, exhaust, uh, the hot air, gets cooled with water. The water pump will, the engine is ocean water cooled. Yeah, water cooled. And so anyway, that, that muffler, it's like a little plastic box hooked up to the exhaust system. It has a little cap on it that you tighten, that you can open to drain it. It took him a long time to find it, but it was a simple fix. But then, uh, yeah, no, uh, Cucamonga needed uh, a laundry list. Uh, needed to heat this guy that worked on boats. He inspected her. He said, oh, the through-hole valves, the valves for the toilet, the valves where the water comes in for the engine. I think all of that needed to be updated and replaced. So I put him to work on that. We had to put in a new head system with our own holding tank sewer system <laughs> to be Coast Guard compliant. So, yeah, so you know what a boat is. How long do you think it took well, I took my time. I managed to I managed to sail the boat, and just you know that that's what you do. A lot of people they so they, they they buy a boat that needs a lot of work, and then they just won't even sail it until it's all done. I can fuck that shit. I do the priorities first, and uh, you know things important. You don't want it to stink. So work on the through holes, and then you know. Um, I had to get the the rudder, uh, the the bushings replaced in the rudder, and uh, I did some cosmetic work in the yard. Got the bottom painted. Uh, and so within the first year, I bought the boat for sixty-two hundred dollars, but I had fourteen thousand invested at the end of the first year. <laughs> so, 
uh, break it. Boat, B O A T. Break out another trip. thousand. Well, the first big trip was the trip to San Diego. So what was the second the, big trip? Was, uh, so it would have been uh, April of 2003. I did my first trip to Catalina with my longtime friend, who Melody knows, is <laughs> Evergreen Slim. <laughs> And we sailed to Avalon, and uh, boy, Avalon's a big town in Catalina, people. Yeah, yeah, it's I was a, just there mm-hmm. up and a half ago with Larry. Beautiful town. It looks like a Mediterranean city, you know. I mean, uh, that you might see in in Greece or something. It's just beautiful tiled roofs, and you get to hear that wonderful bell chime in the through the day and. Casino, the botanical garden, we did the whole trip. But yeah, we had uh, pretty serious winds going over there, and uh, and I had a little issue with the roller furling system, which rolls up the jib. It's a newer. That's a, the sail up front. Right, right. The jib. That was another selling feature on the boat is having the sail. Just you could just roll it up by pulling on a line. And, but That's it, a one man. It got fouled a bit, so we had a little drama coming in, but. Uh, um, but it was beautiful when we got there. I had other friends that had already got over there. My buddy Sergey, Russian friend, and Don. They came out to greet us with their dinghies. It was pretty eventful. And now, it was the first sail for the Cucamonga, Cucamonga, but not your first time sailing the Catalina. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was the okay. Only time I went. Oh, the only time I went to the Catalina. I thought you told me once you went. First time I went to Catalina was on a private airplane. Uh, my buddy John McCloy had just got his pilot's license. John McCloy is a mu- musician, by the way. Shout out to them. They've got the best Pretenders cover band. They're called the Contenders. Check them out. They play all the time here in L.A. and they're phenomenal. <laughs> anyway. But uh, then the second time I went to Catalina was with my Russian friend Sergey on his 26-foot uh, Bayfield sport, or not, Bayliner, sport fisher. And we went from Dana Point to 35 miles. Now. So, uh, but, uh, but then I was averaging four to six, more like six Catalina trips for a year in the beginning. And, uh, yeah, you know, I kept doing improvements on the boat and you know like in 04 or 05 I put new sails on her and and uh, just little by little speaking of improvements the new owners are sparing no expense they painted all the decks resurfaced resurfaced them with a non-skid material which is great and you might have noticed that the seats don't slide around as much as they did what <laughs> remember the seats sliding yeah and they also replaced the lifelines which are beautiful it's a chunk of change he wants to even she's a perfectly functioning boat but he wants to all right we're at the end of the first hour june 18 2006 edition 16 edition of pedro show brother matt yeah well time for hour two June 18th, 2016. It's the second hour of the Watt Pedro Show.
POWs bury one of their own alive beneath their quarters. Spade after spade of casual dirt land on the barely conscious calves of the victim. A muffled subterranean moan. From the pound shop, neatly lined up by the bath. Something so potent is now historical.
Cause I'm in love with my walls I'm in love with my walls We got a deal that's posing on a football You do drop it out and rest me just like
from Pedro Show. Started the t- second hour off with High Reeve doing Tea Time War Film. His new album. Uh, Psychic Temple. That's uh, Chris Schlarb. He had me on that I think it's the first time I recorded with that Beatle bass from China. Hoffner. Uh, music for Bus Stops. One slash one. Kind of a trip on the Brian Eno uh, thing. And uh, King Harvest and the Wait. New album. And song When It Stops, Lester Bangs and the Delinquents, not a new album. That's something he did, I think, in the early 80s. I'm in Love With My Walls. Joe Bouchard, new album. He's bass band for Blue Oyster Cult in the old days. Stories of the Blues Project. Now, they told me a long time ago, him and his brother Albert, that there was a lot of influence on Blue Oyster Cult by the Blues Project. And I saw them both in New York City at the 40th anniversary of the first Ramones album. In fact, they sang uh, Listen listen to My Heart as a duet with uh, Glenn Burke on drum and Cheetah Chrome on guitar. That Cheetah Chrome just wrote me and said, yeah, yeah, I like that picture of you canoeing. Mm-hmm. I said, you got balls like church bells, you canoeing out in the open ocean, Cheetah. <laughs> He's from Cleveland. 
You know that that river caught fire. Yeah. In the late 70s, yeah. Oh, uh, finally, unpaid internship, GG Band at Oaktown. Okay, back to Skipper Jeff. He feels he's uh, talking too much about this boat, but we're going to say fare thee well to this boat, never be on it again. His plan, we'll get to a little bit in the future, but he ain't going to stop sailing, people. He's going to move on to a bigger one and end up living. His old age awaits him on board a boat and not hugging the land like me and brother Matt <laughs> although we, we make our journeys okay um, the most trouble you ever had on this boat was it that Channel Island storm? no that was another boat that was a boat that's right that was another boat that's right right because actually people if you go to the hoop page I've got it all transcribed from uh, Skipper Jeff he wrote a whole account of that thing. And what was her name? I called it the Pride of Cucamonga as well, but I never slapped and uh, painted She didn't have it, yeah, on the, on the stern here. Yeah. Okay. I only owned her for like... Just, just do a brief, brief recount of that, 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 that. December 9th, 2001, I sailed over... Well, we just went up to Oxnard to uh, go see the, the Christmas parade, the boat parade. Sorry, people. I don't know if they're it's working at harbor, okay? I'm going to get over to the starboard side. It's probably the, the tractor guy with the fuel boat. No, it's All a right. damn cruise boat, or the uh, tour boat, I think. Just letting everybody know. Oh, that's right, because at the Krusty Krab, they she's got a funny bow. I think her name is Harbor King. It's a big old blunt. Just an FYI, you got no wind and we're in the main channel, so I might have to turn on the motor at any minute. But anyway, we're going to stop people because there's nothing worth the motors going off while you're trying to do a radio show. December 9th, 2001, I go up to see, we were just going to watch the uh, Christmas boat parade in Oxnard, but uh, we, we had really nice conditions, light winds, 15 knots. We get out there a few miles, and I told my buddy, I said, well, hell, why don't we go... Uh, we go over and spend the night at Santa Cruz Island. So we go over there, and, uh, you know, I had some uh, K-rations on board. That was a smaller boat. You know, we had plenty of fresh water. We had booze. And, and so, yeah, the booze probably made me make the bad decision to go. The weather was forecasting Santa Ana, but they didn't hit that day. And I was pretty naive about the the conditions can change quickly up there. I mean, it is known for it. They say if you can sail the Channel Islands, you can sail anywhere. But I went over there, and so it was like, we're anchored down. It's like 4 o'clock in the morning, I hear the thump. I pop my head out the front hatch, and I see that we're drifting out of the harbor. We were dragging anchor. And I didn't have enough anchor chain and line out. And uh, so, yep, i got to put myself into emergency mode. The winds were piping up 20, sick, right? 20 30 knots. No, he didn't get sick till we left. Oh, okay. So this is under, it's pitch dark, and so we try to re-anchor the boat, and we get tied up, we get snarled with another boat's anchor line, woke them up, and then the wind just keeps picking up, we gave up on it, we got unsnarled from the other boat, we gave up on trying to re-anchor, and uh, just waited till the sun came up, and then we tied off on a ranger's buoy, you gotta understand, it's a national park, there's no moorings that you can tie up to like Catalina, we tied... And you're not supposed to tie off on the ranger's buoy, but it was kind of an emergency situation. So we did that, and I'm talking to other boats in the harbor. What are you going to do? And 
and they're all like, we're getting out of here, you know. And I was like, what do I do? This boat's really small. One guy recommended that I just put a reef in the main, which is shortening the mainsail, and uh, go for it. <laughs> I tell you, I was scared, man. Uh, my hands were shaking so bad. And the wind was a cold wind. It's December. It's a sunny day, but it was howling. So we we start going for it, but no problem. But the idea is stay safe. I don't need to hit anything. Can't drift and got to be 100 feet from the shore. Sorry. Because I've, I've, I've heard them talk to them fishermen. Here. They say no drifting and 100 feet from the shore. Some guys, their little boats. The express boats coming up. They, they, just, they turn the motors off and they just start drifting yeah. in the channel and that's so dangerous. Yeah. Hazard. Yeah, big hazard. It, just, just, like two days ago, because I always take pictures mm -hmm. there by where I have one. And I, the guy's getting all belligerent. Come on, you're in a main channel uh, of a working harbor just drifting uh, with your fishing pole. One guy. You don't yeah. have a buddy, right? Well, that's dumb. Yeah. Man, Southwest Marine looks like a ghost town. I love it. Uh, I wish I could go wander around. Yeah, that'd there. be awesome. You know, I guess the whole holdup is all uh, EPA. I mean, it's all poison. It's, yeah, it's all polluted, but you know, some parts of it are, are used. See what we're talking about, Mel, is this whole See, see this, this boat here, the California Responder? I think that's a state boat. Mm. And they go out there when there's like some kind of a... Research stuff? Yeah, yeah, pollution. They're trying to check out pollution. Or She was just out a couple days. She has a thing that they, they'll lower in the back. That has, it looks like a torpedo, but it's a camera. Oh. And she's like a big fish down there. She can look at the bottom. Right there, the blue, big blue hole... California responded. So I don't, I don't think it's completely not used. I think they used a little fringe. Yeah, a little fringe. But you go there, you can see it's all like, you know. But people half brother worked as a welder there. Oh yeah, that used to be happening. Uh, oh up yeah, to the uh, early eighties. Yeah, yeah, it was Southwest and Bethlehem. Yeah, Southwest Marine. Yeah, and then Bethlehem got in the last stage. Robbie. I got trying to do this. First time I met you, Watt, you were much in my Yeah, but I, I didn't have a pewter with the sun glare. You ever had them, Mel? They're spicy. They're good. They're not that bad after the initial burn. Just like any other song food. No, they're like uh, horseradish. It's an aromatic. It's not like a chili.
we heard uh, in the second hour music open mic from the Motown Fire Department, Mailmen with Living the Dream, The Happies with Riddle, uh, Freaks with Strange Man. That's got Bob Lee on the drums. I get to play with him tonight. Yeah. And Tukoy Segatou, Steve McKay, and the Radon Ensemble. Brother Steve there. Uh, April 18, 2016, edition of from Pedro Show. Hey, that's a new tractor tug. Hold tight for hour three. June 18, 2016, it's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro Show.
from Pedro show start off the third hour with uh, the fool from TOLD Edison with Civil War after that Tollum brand new album Sword American Flavors the tune Dreamy Electric Sleep with Let the Light Flood In Hi-Fi Club with Leonda de Lume and Just Faith Salt and Water that's that little that young woman who played before us at the Dan show, brother Matt, when you introduced oh, us. Yeah, yeah. Finally got to play that fucking Dan show. 49 yeah. years in this town. That's cool. That's cool. And then yeah. I meet the guy at the skate thing who's been putting it on for 25 years. This guy's the gatekeeper. Yeah. And he retired last year because yeah. he's got cancer, oh, right? right? Oh. But then he goes, I did, I didn't die. Now everybody's looking, giving me the weird look. I was like, whoa. <laughs> Since I'm coming back next year. I said, okay. And then uh, David Nesselhoff after that with double 20. Skip a Jeff. Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> You got plans. I got plans, sort of. Yeah. I mean, you're saying goodbye to Pride of Cucamonga, even though there was two boats named Pride of Cuc- Cucamonga. That's right. The third boat is not going to be called that. Because no, the, the new owners I are going to keep playing it. playing around with a name for the third boat, and this might, you know. Because you said the owners are going to keep this baby. Yeah, yeah they're going to keep it until some point. You know, there's quite the ritual you got to do to change the name of the boat, and I went through all of that. The original name of this boat was Odyssey. Naming your boat Odyssey is like naming your dog Spot, you know, it's like or Serenity, Jesus. <laughs> but anyway, so, uh, but, uh, yeah, the new owners, they, they love the story. It was, you know, the story was a Grateful Dead song I heard when I was 17, living in Walla Walla, Washington, many miles from the open ocean, and 
But I just said, uh, I just thought it was the departure for the Grateful Dead, more country western feel guitar, and it was a neat song, it was a funny name, like Spirit of St. Louis, I go, Pride of Cucamonga, that's going to be the name of my boat when I get it, and I didn't get my boat until I was, first boat, until I was, the song is actually called that, yeah, it's word for word, Google it, the Pride of Cucamonga, or just Pride of Cucamonga, no duh, yeah, and so, uh, yeah, the new owners uh, did a new service here, they, uh, on that logo that's on that I designed that's on the transom of the boat, if you've ever seen the album cover, Grateful Dead from the Mars Hotel, you look at the back of the album cover, there's two aliens sitting in like an old, like, you know, Skid Row Hotel, and then there's this six-legged neon glowing lizard crawling up the wall. And uh, so I used that logo on the back of the boat, and then I put a lightning bolt down its back, which also relates to the Grateful Dead, you know, the Skull and Roses logo has a lightning bolt. But anyway, the new owners, I came down to the boat a couple of days ago, and they made a burgee. The burgee is a flag, and it's flying off of a radar mast I there. It's a pennant, They'd call him a burgee. But yeah, but it's pennant you know, what, shape. What, what, what state in the Union doesn't have a flag and has a pennant? Oh, wow. Uh, Puerto Rico. It's not a state. Let's round on the ends, flat in the middle. Ohio. Really? Yeah, this is just some music.
another winter coming I can concentrate and I can love you more I could love you show last music for this edition on the last voyage for me on the Pride of Cucamonga. 
Yeah. I'm, next time I sail, yeah, but next time I sail, I want to be on your new boat, Skipper Jeff. I want to be in the, yeah, with the Bimney on the back there. Uh, we heard Dr. Amazon with Wash and Spin. And then uh, Nick Malovi with, uh, just for a moment, I, moment, I stood there in silence. A death pedal with Summer. First day of summer, brother Matt. I think it's Tuesday. The solstice is coming. Longest day of the year. Um, only summer brings. Diane Marie Kloba. Oh my God, Joe Brewer. That's Jack Brewer's cousin out in Madison. And finally, Big Crux with Honest Industry. So, so let's talk about the future. Skip Jeff. Now, your plans. What? Are you, maybe somebody out there's got what you're looking for. So. To, uh, Sir, uh, let us uh, enlighten us to what you, uh, on your well, wish list. You know, I look at boat porn all along. I've been looking at boat porn as long as I've had this boat. I got a short list. Uh, one of my dream boats is called the Pacific Seacraft 37, and uh, is built by designed by naval architect Bill Creelock. And yeah, I've talked to one broker. I, you know, I may go. I may get that boat in another part of the world, you know, because there's a lot of them don't show up here in California when you want them. But yeah, that's a dream boat. And there's I mean, you would go fly, get a boat, and then sail it back here. Yeah, I, I, I talked to a broker up in Olympia, Washington, uh, recently uh, about him, and uh, and there was one up there, but uh, he wasn't brokering it, and I, I couldn't meet the didn't have time to meet the broker that was representing it, but. Anyway, the, but what kind of specs are you looking for? What I want is a cutter, which would have three sails, so you can have a small head sail always ready to go, a jib for storm conditions, and then I want certain amenities on it. It's a, a boat that's more or less 36, 37 in there. I want to be able to single-hand it. I want a tiller, which is a lot of people go, why don't you want a wheel? But tillers assist in single handing. I can I can hold two lines with my hands and hold the tiller between no, I, I my see, legs. I see you do it. Yeah, yeah. So that's that. And I also would like a full keel boat. They're not great for maneuverability, but they're good for long tacks and they take the weather really well. More you know, stable. more stable. They tend to, you know, if you have a fin keel boat like the Ericsson, the boats will tend to fishtail in, sure. in a storm more. Um, the boats will right themselves more into the direction of the waves. There's a lot of reasons. So, uh, but then you also want a boat that's got speed so you can run from weather. So there's kind of a short list of boats that have both the ability to take the weather well and to be run away from it. You know, you, you're gonna watch, want to watch the weather stats and everything, you know. And you ain't talking about new boats. No, 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 I won't be able to afford a new boat. I mean, you know, a new boat of that size, you're looking at uh, half a million dollars. <laughs> so I'm looking, you know, uh, the broker I met in Washington, uh, uh, yeah, you can find them 90s, late 80s, you know, between, you know, around 90 to you know, 120. I toured one that was 120,000 a couple of years ago. I fell in love with it. But wasn't ready to spring for it, so, but, um, no, my plan, part of it is financial, too, my house is half paid off, and, uh, but I don't want to keep making mortgage payments, and also high taxes, you want to end up in the house, yeah, you want to end up on a boat, yeah, yeah, you know, I got no kids, um, and, uh, yeah, so I'll get the boat within the next couple of years, and uh, either rent out the house or sell the house, and then when I'm ready to retire, which I'm 60 now, which, you know, I'm hopefully before I'm 65, and then I'll go south and go from there. And uh, it's more economical in Mexico for a lot of reasons, you know, you, there's a lot of retired people down there, 
you know, you can get insurance down there, you know, health care, all of that. I've still got a lot of homework to do. i got friends that are all the way down in Costa Rica now and live aboard a 39-foot Ericsson and love and life. Uh, they've taken their sweet time getting there. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, Mexico, Central America, or I might change my mind and cross the uh, Pacific, go to Marquesas, uh, as long as I can, uh, you know, keep living about money. But also, I think it's going to be more economical for me to retire. Yeah. I wish you the best. Brother Matt, people yeah. have been asking me, yeah. what has happened to Brother Matt? <laughs> and I've been telling you, you've been busy with the teach. Yeah, I've been on the grind. been on the grind. No summer, really, for me this year. But I haven't worked the last four summers, so it's like time. It's, uh, I can suck up the grind for the next six weeks and be doing a shitty double shift out deep in the hood. But uh, it's all good. Keep the checks coming in. So you see, you see that people, about a month and a half, Brother Matt will be back in the swing. Of course, i got to leave on a tour September, October. But, uh, uh, July 29th is my last uh, day of work. Okay, so maybe some August then, okay? And then when I come back in, uh, no. Uh, that That's the... I haven't been keeping him away. He was not kidnapped. He was not ball gagged. He was uh, working very hard, and that's why he hasn't. You've been missing some spin cycles, people. He's going to get caught up. And Skipper Jeff, I wish you most luck. Uh, I think you're passing on the pride of Cucamonga with great spirit and karma. All the love you put into this boat and the new owners. That's a great thing. It's not like you're dumping off some lemons. Boat until they get comfortable with uh, moving it. They might move it up to Marina del Rey, and I'm actually going to help them get to Catalina in July. And they're taking formal lessons, and uh, they are just a wonderful couple, newlyweds, Ed Umali and Amanda Umali, and, and they are going to be good friends. We already are. Great, great. I think that's something important. It's not just a piece of equipment or a, a thing, you know. It's got kind of a spirit. I mean, the Cucamonga for the last 14 years has been my wife, my child. You know, it's like it's just enveloped my life, and uh, I love her. And it's and it's by get, finding the right people that are going to care about her. I mean, they're already doing wonderful improvements and have more plans, and mainly to use it, use it. So many people have boats and they just sit. You know, it's just criminal. And then 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 they you know a lot of times they'll walk away and they'll owe the marina money, and then a lien goes out and. It's, Oh, and it's April boat sales. <laughs> That's where I got it originally. I saved. Not April. June 18th, 2016 edition of Wild for Pedro Show. Three days from the solstice. Keep your powder dry. Yeah.